Every day is a competition against your pride, comfort zone, fear, complacency, snooze alarms, bad habits, bad relationships, and more. This podcast is for the ambitious, willing to compete every day to make an impact in their career, health, relationships, and life. Each week, Compete Every Day founder Jake Thompson interviews leaders in business, fitness, psychology, and sports to explore what championship performers can teach us about making winning changes in life. In life. By listening today, you're deciding to start competing for your best life. What's up, competitors? Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Welcome to a new week, new show. I hope things are going strong because we are over halfway through the year. I can't believe it's already early July. And so if you're listening to this on your weekend road trip for the holiday, if it's the 4th of July and you've downloaded it to listen away from some time on the lake, away from some fireworks and barbecue, thank you for carving out 15, 20 minutes for the Compete Everyday Podcast. And and honestly, just props to you for carving out the time to invest in yourself, invest in your growth so that you can be a better competitor in your work, in your workouts, and in your life. Because that's the way we make the impacts on our coworkers, on our friends, and on our family, by showing up as our best selves, by reaching and pursuing our full potential. That's how we make the greatest impacts. That's how we become who we were truly created to be, a competitor. And so thank you for making time for that. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm the founder of Compete Every Day. I'm a speaker, coach, and hopefully very soon I'll be able to tell you that I'm an author as I'm in the final stages of the first draft of my book. But more importantly, I'm a competitive guy. I love competition because I love the idea that competition is what allows us to find out what we're truly capable of. So often in life, we settle for limits. We settle for things and and ceilings that other people's want to live within. Other people want to put us within the same boxes and and confines that they want to live in. But competition is that beautiful thing that allows us to step outside of that. It allows us to see what we're truly capable of. Now, the mistake most people make is they believe competition is always with other people. In reality, your greatest competition is with that person in the mirror. It's with those bad habits you've allowed yourself to build over those years. Those bad relationships that you continue to nurture even though they're toxic to you. And honestly, the idea that success is just for the talented. That unless you have the certain abilities or certain skill sets or certain network, that you can't become successful. That, those are the things you're competing against. Because each one of us was gifted with a special ability to excel. For most people, they leave it dormant throughout their entire life. But for the select few that choose to compete, that look in the mirror every day and say they're going to be better than they were the day before and then take intentional action to become a better version of themselves, that's a competitor. That's a person who when they get to the end of their career, the end of their life, they can look back and not ask, what if? What if I'd done my best? What if I'd given more? What if I'd done better? They know in their heart of hearts they did the best they could with everything they had in the pursuit of everything they wanted and everyone they loved. And what a better way to end a career and a life. Not asking what if, but being exhausted from the pursuit of all that was there, all that you wanted. And so I hope today, if this is your first time tuning into the Compete Everyday podcast, you start to learn a little bit more about what we're about. And that this idea of competition is not just with other people, but it's against yourself. That if you want to find out what you're truly made of, 
Start competing every day against that person you see in the mirror. Today's show is a special one, as I get to welcome the founder and CEO of Valor Performance, Sarah Milby. Now, Valor Performance is a really awesome company. They've created this digital learning and coaching platform that's, quote, focused on igniting and sustaining peak performance for sales professionals, managers, and executives. They are speaking my language. These are the people I talk to. These are the people I work with and the conferences that I speak at. And so Sarah and I immediately hit it off because it's their coaching network that has really created a unique opportunity for companies. See, on their coaching staff, they have sports psychologists, they have former Olympians, they have former pro athletes. And what they do is they help these people be at their best mentally so that they can show up physically for their teammates, for their coworkers, for their friends, for their families. It's it's the idea of finding out what unlocks that true potential in our mind and allowing us to pursue that, to pursue greatness in everything that we do. Sarah has a very interesting career. She's worked in a handful of startups all around the country. And so we dive into a little bit of that. But honestly, most of the conversation is around how to be a peak performer in your career. And so it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an employee, your coworkers, your team members, the people you manage, the people you report to need you showing up as your best self. They need you taking intentional action to slowly but surely step into who you were created to be, to be that best version of yourself. And so Sarah and I get into a little bit of her journey, but a lot of our conversations around peak performance in the workplace. What are the things that she sees that peak performers do well? What are the things that companies need to be aware of to empower and equip their next generation of leaders so that the company continues to grow and thrive? Then finally, we talk about how to be a better leader in the workplace. And so I think you'll enjoy a lot of this conversation and how it relates to your professional career and honestly, whatever position you find yourself in, owner, director, manager, intern, or just job hunting. And so get some value from this conversation, start applying it to your career and start to notice the type of impact you have on those that you spend every day nine to five with. As always, if you want to get in touch with the show, visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com or drop us an email to podcast at CompeteEverydayPodcast.com. This show is brought to you by, that's right, Compete Every Day. So if you have been listening to the podcast, if you've been checking out the show and you don't own some of our awesome gear, please, what are you waiting on? Go to CompeteEverydayPodcast.com, use the code PODCAST to get 15% off your first order, Grab yourself a new shirt. We've got a number of new styles and colors available this summer. Anything and everything to inspire and honestly fuel the competitor inside of you. Now, let's get on to today's show with Sarah Milby. Sarah, welcome to the show today. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm excited to have you on. You know, I... Told you as we talked last week off air, just connecting that I'm a fan of the work you're doing. Uh, I've really been impressed by what I've learned about Valor and, and the work you're doing in peak performance. But before we dive into peak performance and leadership, give us a snapshot of who you are. Uh, just that thousand foot view for our listeners to get to know a little bit about you before we dive into the weeds of, of talking performance and leadership in the workplace. Oh, sure. So I grew up in a small town in Delaware, and then I joke I've lived wherever Amtrak stops on the East Coast. 
uh, and also lived on the West Coast. And basically, and, and it's a huge part of my story, I grew up as an athlete. Uh, and I ended up connecting with a performance coach who and who taught me a bunch of mental, emotional skills to stay on top of my game and zoom forward into the rest of my professional and working career. It was something that I craved and ultimately it planted the seed for valor. But I know we'll get into that. I, I love that. It, and looking at when I was looking at a lot of your history, it's been obviously a lot in leadership roles, but it's been from a variety of different groups, not only in established, but with the startup space. What's really driven you, I guess, a passion into, into tech and startup spaces that you're involved in now? And, and give us kind of an overview of where you've stepped outside of that, uh, because I noticed you spent some time at the White House even. Yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're talking to someone, I, I love learning. And so, I mean, okay, you could say that I'm a nerd, but I, you know, I, I love just constantly uh, learning new things about myself, learning new things about systems and other people. And you can do that in a variety of ways. And so for me, I always love to have these different viewpoints. And I do believe that that variety has helped me See different perspectives to bring new insights and perspectives into existing problems uh, and that's really where you get a lot of innovation right and so getting to your other point on on startups I fell in love when I went out to, to the Bay Area with working in tech companies because there was this kind of why not attitude you know instead of this what if this happens um, it was it was a lot of dreamers who wanted to just make things better and and I fell in love with especially in the digital health space trying to make it better through technology that's awesome and about two and a half years ago you launched Valor is that right mm -hmm. that's right so what what inspired you to ultimately step into there because as we get to talking about your organization I'm very familiar with the space. I know some of our listeners are because of where I go speak and work, but I've never seen an organization set up and fulfilling uh, their clients' needs the way y'all are with your software and, and just kind of the way your system is set up. And so I'm curious about what inspired you to launch it um, and where you saw that need. And then tell us a little bit about Valor. Sure. So what inspired me is my own personal experience. So I mentioned having worked with a performance coach as an athlete. Well, okay, and then what you just mentioned as far as my different career and professional opportunities, as I was evolving and growing and taking on leadership roles, I craved that same type of experience. And what I mean by that is the performance coach I worked with, he worked with me on things like, how do you handle the stress and pressure which is inevitable as someone constantly pushing themselves to the next level, like a lot of your listeners are. Um, he worked with me on things like, how do you see opportunities in challenges? So ensuring that, you know, a, a step back isn't a setback. And, you know, he worked with me on communicating with teammates who are coming in from a different perspective. Well, okay, that for sure helped me on the soccer field. Well, again, zoom forward, I craved that type of training and learning uh, as I went on my career in the corporate and, and startup world. And my team, I saw that they needed it as I was running teams. I mean, I was, I was especially if you work in client-facing industries, 
um, like sales, business development as I had done, you know, being able to bounce back after setback is so vital. Being able to handle that stress and pressure is so vital and being able to think on your feet. So long story short, you know, I craved that from my own personal experience. And I think coming from tech and software, I wanted something that was experiential, not just sit in a room and get it one time, but take it with you and apply and implement. And so Valor, we're really trying to be this, you know, high tech yet also high touch experience. So you get a coach, but you also get this entire platform accessible to you with motivational, you know, content, these guiding principles, we call them our six core competencies and digital exercises to do on your own time. I love that. I love that because there's obviously we discussed this before. There's such a need for that. Before we talk about some of those keys to separating yourself in the workplace, I'm curious from your own personal experience because you're we share a lot of similarities in terms of continually pursuing greatness in areas, having sports background. What was the transition for you like after sports, going from being identified as an athlete to not, even though those skills that made you successful in sports transferred with you, as you just mentioned, into other areas of life, that identity is a little bit of a struggle for a lot of people, whether they're transitioning out of being an athlete, whether they're transitioning out of being in a relationship we start to identify ourselves as certain things. And then when that changes, a lot of people go into a tailspin mentally. What did you do to help with that transition of making your identity, not what sports you played, but who you were? Oh, it's such a great point. And there's, I think about identity a lot. And actually a lot of the research on burnout is there's a, a ton done when people's identity is focused on one thing and then that one thing doesn't go well. And then it's not just that didn't go well. It's that I, you know, didn't, didn't do well. And it becomes this, I am a failure, not just that one instance. Anyway, I digress. But, you know, for me, that was very apparent. Even when uh, I was the soccer player, went to play in college, and then I sat bench. And that was like the first, you know, real time where I, I had a lot of my self-worth and my confidence was about being that athlete. Um, and I looked for other ways that I could, I mean, for lack of better words, serve uh, the team on the soccer field, as well as just other aspects of my identity. I almost think about like different hats, like you're wearing a hat right now, like different hats that you put on that are different parts of your identity, because we're all multifaceted, even if you don't always bring that awareness to it. And so for me, you know, I started leading from the bench. I mean, I would see my role Okay, maybe it's not like the a top scorer or a starter, but I was going to work my tail off to be the best fit on the team so I could help push some of the starters to be in their best shape during practice and during preseason training. Was, was that a, I'm so, curious uh, while yeah. you're talking about that, was that a very – I guess, natural leadership transition for you? Or was it really a struggle? Because a lot of times people get put in that position where they go from star to then sitting on the bench. And a lot of people go withdraw completely mm -hmm. from the team instead of using it as that opportunity to lead from a different uh, point of view and different position. Curious about you, is that something you were always really good at? Was it something you, you were taught growing up or was that experience in college where you said, if I'm going to make an impact, I have to figure out a new way to do it. It was a huge struggle to get to that point. I mean, it was, 
I, I was berating myself. I was so hard on myself. Um, again, because my self-worth was put in one bucket and I wasn't deriving those results that were feeding it. So for me, it was a real struggle. And it came, I mean, it really did come down to if I'm going to stick with this, how am I going to get through this challenge? This is really hard for me personally. It, you know, I saw some, some of the other uh, teammates of mine ended up quitting in a, in a similar spot. And, I, and that, to me, wasn't really an option. I wanted to stay on the team. Uh, and so for me, it was the only way I was going to maintain a role on the team and keep my sanity was going to be if I was going to redefine, you know, my role. Um, and it was really hard to get there, but it took a huge mental shift. And candidly, again, I had worked with a performance coach right before I went to college. And I, I do, I did rely on him and family and friends to help me kind of shift and make that uh, mindset shift. And I'll say that even for now, Valor, I mean, we have a huge bench of coaches that some, um, a good portion of are Olympians and pro athletes who then become Valor coaches to help train and coach other people to perform at their peak, even during times of pressure. Um, and so I do know that what you're talking about as far as that identity shift uh, very much for myself, as well as what a lot of our coaches have experienced and expressed. I and I love the fact that you shared about having coaches at different stages of your life that helped you with some of those struggles and transitions, because I, I laugh with a lot of adults today that consider coaches only for one area of life, if it's in sport, or perhaps if you're an entrepreneur or business owner, you might want a business coach. And, and it's funny because the successful people I see, regardless of employee, entrepreneur, ownership, athlete, they have coaches in multiple areas, whether it's their fitness trainer, their nutrition, business coach, mindset coach, all of that, because they understand they need that outside perspective, which obviously led you to creating valor. And so I'm curious for a lot of our listeners that have really taken a passion around leadership and performance. This is where I think they're going to get a lot of fun out of the conversation because of your experience in the startup space, uh, now starting and running Valor and working with companies around the country. What are you seeing in terms of successful companies today in this just social media, digital media, attention shortened life where companies are able to really build and invest in their in their teams to create good cultures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so many good points there. I mean, one is just in this point of coaching, just because I want to go back to that. Yeah. I do think that the better you get, the nature of the challenge changes. And so you're always, and it's something I, you know, I often talk about with, with some clients and companies that we work with, is as leaders, you've never arrived right? You're never like done, <laughs> check the box on leadership. Uh, and so there's always something to grow and learn. I think that's the growth mindset that you and I have spoken about in the past. Uh, and so with that in mind, I think for us, the companies that we work with are the ones who recognize that setting your team up with, you know, product training and process training, you know, methodologies, that's helpful. But the reality is the nature of work has changed so much. I mean, it's, it's 
the change, the pace of change is at an all-time high. Pressure is at an all-time high. Companies are um, rapidly developing leadership changes, the global dynamics that are at play here. Companies are distributing their employees. And so the nature of work has just fundamentally changed that we need to have now support and training and skills provided that help people get to their full potential and isn't just compliance-based on a process, it's also helping them augment their, their ownership, their leadership, and have it be more aspirational-based, which is our approach. How do you inspire people to, what we say, ignite and sustain their peak performance? And so this is kind of like our, our, our approach, and because it's powered by technology, it's scalable. So you know, to your point, it's not just reserved for those elite, those few executives. We can bring it down to the high potentials across an organization. And I love that because you see, and I've seen it, and I know you have as well with the clients I work with, the groups that invest in their employees in terms of their leadership and helping them feel empowered and giving them the tools to be empowered are the companies that continue to thrive or when there's a downslide or something going wrong, they're able to rebound and overcome that. And I always go back to the conversation when I have with clients that, you know, well, this is a big investment for our company and we're not so sure about it. You know, what if our employees, the tagline, what if our employee, we train all our employees and then they leave to go somewhere else. And the counter to that is always, what if you don't and they stay? Like, what if you're not investing in their leadership today? And so you've worked with a variety of, of people entering. Some people come in with that growth mindset. Some people really struggle because they have that fixed mindset and they, they don't have that aspiration to really grow in their career. They're just kind of happy as is. What do you tell leaders of organizations looking at their teams, how to handle those people with fixed mindsets, even if they're a good contributor, but there's no desire to really grow that output or grow that pursuit of more? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of the work out there on growth mindset, like Carol Dweck's work, um, there are some ways that leaders can help shift from fixed to growth mindset. So just like a, a, a one example that we talk about in Valor is just in your language of how you communicate, for instance, if you're talking about goals with your team. Okay, and you just say, we haven't accomplished this goal. What if you add one word to the end of that and just say, yet? We haven't accomplished this goal yet. It opens up, I mean, right, even as I say it, it kind of opens up this opportunity for, okay, now we can have a conversation on what maybe is necessary to accomplish that goal. And so there are those subtle things. Now, the reality of what we do at Valor and, and what your experience has been that I know we've spoken about is Valor is one of those of to get the most out of it, it takes two. Like it takes the person going through Valor. The coach is obviously a key part of that, but it is a partnership. And so I often get the question is how do I get the most out of Valor? And the answer that we usually give is to be curious. You know, okay, we're, you don't need to go completely from fixed to growth mindset if you're not there yet, you know, but be curious. Well, I wonder what I could learn here. I wonder what tools, this is how I sometimes think about Valor, I wonder what tools that I'll get exposed to I'm going to take right now and put in my toolbox 
and either use now or save for later. Uh, and then be committed because it's, it's not always easy. This is not uh, a lot of the work with peak performance. You know, it's not here's three bullet points or 10 bullet points that you find on Twitter and LinkedIn. It takes work uh, to really refine these skills. You know, and I think that the, the powerful thing now is with some of the clients we've been working with for a while, we have solid data to support not only on the retention piece, which you alluded to, uh, but also on productivity and demonstrating what happens when you invest in, in high potentials and high performers. Uh, do you see an impact to productivity and performance? And we have a lot of solid data to demonstrate that. We also have solid data to demonstrate just how their orientation towards work, their motivation, their job satisfaction, their confidence in their work changes, which you can imagine as leading indicators to what's going to happen up ahead when someone's fired up, whether you're you know, a surgeon, a salesperson, a business executive, or an athlete, that motivation is obviously going to help your uh, work product, but also is contagious to those around you. And yeah. so we often talk about it being this ripple effect at an organization. I love that. And, and I love the few points, especially it's not a bullet point you're going to see on LinkedIn or on Twitter. The knowledge is out there. A lot of times you see those bullet points, but reading them doesn't really do it. It's the actual work that goes into it. It's why a lot of people with growth mindset have the abundance mindset of I'll, I'll share my knowledge with you. You may not work as hard as I am because I know that the actual doing it is what makes everything so difficult. But the organizations that are committed to doing it are working with those coaches, those outside people, trainers, uh, because just like the athletes we talked about, just like the successful people, successful organizations have coaches to help them work through the process because it's not about just knowing it, but how do we implement it? And as your team is discovering, how, what are the benefits of that and seeing where the benefits come into that? What do you think is one of the biggest issues over the next five years or so? I say that five years, this technology changes daily uh, within just corporate America and leadership. That is something your team is very aware of working toward helping. Yeah, I think that there's two things that came up to mind immediately when, when you asked that question. One is given not just technology, but for a variety of reasons, something that a lot of our clients, high performing and high potential executives, managers, leaders struggle with is presence. Related to that is focus. Yep. And so, you know, one of our coaches often says, talks about being where your feet are. And it's a huge area that we hear from a lot of clients. And somewhat related, um, two others actually are somewhat related. One is, the other one is sharpening the saw that a lot of people struggle with. And, you know, I think this gets to the point on the change, the pressure uh, that people feel being able to take a step back to thrive forward, if you will. Yeah. And part of that is sharpening your saw, right? Uh, and taking care of yourself. Um, it's a huge area that folks struggle with. Uh, as opposed to just like grind, 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 grind. Um, and then the last is, look, when you are under the pressure and, and you're in a pressure cooker of whatever the arena is in your life, you know, it's work, it's stuff at home, it's everything that you're trying to compete in, um, but you can feel that pressure. 
it can hinder your communication. And so there's a ton that we end up working on with people on just interpersonal communication. And so to your question, I mean, it is going to be those skills, though, that are going to be the competitive advantage. I mean, it really is going to be that self-awareness to be able to self-manage. We call our first program, by the way, Lead Self, Lead Yourself to High Performance. Then the, then the next step is lead others. Uh, and, and then the ability to communicate, motivate, and lead others. I mean, that's going to be the competitive advantage for the modern workforce because so much of those process things that we talked about are going to be automated. So how do you differentiate? Well, it's going to be on these things that are more soft, the intangibles, about connecting as people. I love that. And, and I, I absolutely agree with you, especially going forward. I think a lot of the practice of today of looking at a resume and just discarding it one way or another based on the square hole that you're trying to fill won't necessarily set you up for the best long-term success always because you need people with the soft skills, with the self-awareness that isn't necessarily on that paper. And I know as you've probably seen as well, there's countless examples of people that may not have the right experience but they have all the other soft skills and they can create a better impact and bigger impact within an organization over the course of a career versus the immediate six months right there. Um, And so I love hearing that echoed, especially as well as all three areas you talked about tying together, the being where your feet are with the focus, which if you're focused in the moment, you're more productive in the moment, you're able to do those short bursts throughout the day versus the grind, 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 where eventually you get to burnout. Um, and that was something that we've had some discussions on recently. Um, mm-hmm. Sarah, I'm, I'm curious what type of organizations at Valor you work with. For anyone listening that, that's piqued their interest at this point, what are kind of the best fits for your team to work with? Mm-hmm. Great question. You know, starting the company, our, uh, our clients were a lot in the technology and software space fast growing companies, you know, LinkedIn, HubSpot, PlanSource, NetSmart. Uh, And then what's happened is we're getting a ton of interest from financial services and professional services. Uh, I mean, performing under pressure uh, and and the same leadership skills. Uh, And then I did allude to healthcare. Uh, There's high rates of burnout. We just signed one of the top-notch hospital systems here in the Boston area. Uh, and we're going to be working with their physician leaders. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, there's kind of different profiles of clients that we work with. But I think the general takeaway is if any of your you know, listeners do want to have leadership development that also enhances their ability to sustain performance under pressure, uh, then Valor could be a good option. I love that. All right. So my personal question for you, because we share so many similarities, is what book are you reading or have you just finished? Oh, great question. Um, I just, so I consume in many forms. (laughs) Podcast everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Podcast, books, reading. So I just finished Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. It is, uh, it is on my shelf right over here to get to as well and, and know a handful of people that have gone through it, which ties in very well to where you see things going the next five years uh, in the conversation of being present, um, which helps so many areas. Productivity, it keeps you from burnout, so much stuff going on there. What's, what's next on the agenda? From, for my book yeah. consumption? Um, 
I just downloaded, so again, I, I have to think about physical form versus audio. On my Audible is the Everything Store okay. about Amazon. Yep. Um, I love, you know, good stories about uh, biographies or good stories about companies building. Um, and so I almost think about some of what I consume in different genres. Uh, and so I'm a, I'm a nonfiction lover, but usually if it's uh, a physical book, I actually go with fiction uh, to change it up and try to push my this to push my mind in that direction. And the reality of that is because otherwise, as you can imagine, reading digital min minimalism, I would have been underlining and underscoring things. Uh, and so sometimes I almost have to shift to non you know non real stories in order just to turn off my brain. Yeah. Oh, the other one that I do want to give a plug uh, that I just finished, and this one I actually did read in physical form, and the reason it came up is because I can picture all the post-it notes and highlighter marks on it, which is Passion Paradox by Brad Stolberg okay. and Steve Magnus. Brad's actually an advisor uh, to Valor, and so I, got, I was able to, to get a little bit of a preview read and for anybody who's out there competing and striving for greatness and knows how this dial between passion and burnout can be a fine line. Like how do you not get overwhelmed, but also continue to fodder and, 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 and build on your passion? As an athlete, as an entrepreneur, uh, I loved it. And so that would be a huge plug. Awesome. All right, listeners, we have a handful of listeners in the Compete Everyday Book Club. Uh, they're going to love adding something to the list as well as we have knocked through a handful of books. And by the time this airs, uh, we will have finished Resilience by Eric Greetens and Atomic Habits and some others this year. So I will check out Passion Paradox. Sarah, where can people find out more about Valor, get connected with you on social media, and perhaps reach out to, to learn more about the services you offer? Sure. So our website is valorperform.com. You can also just email partnerships at valorperform.com. And yeah, for any listener out there who doesn't want to be connected, I love this space. I love what you're doing. And so feel free to find me on LinkedIn, Sarah Milby. Uh, and I'd love to continue the conversation. Awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.